Hey guys, how's it going? Good. How are you doing this week? Doing pretty good. Doing all right. That's the voice of Ryan, Old Man Orange. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been doing pretty good. Like this week is kind of my mental state is it's it's equaling out, especially since there's a vaccine coming. But uh, the thing that's on my mind, like recently, I'd like your guys' input. Have you guys heard that the cart? I think it's a Cardi B song, right? The WAP song. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so Kids Bop is a thing, right? Oh, Still geez. a thing. Where could they possibly go with that song? You, like, oh. you guys don't want to elaborate? I couldn't think of, like... <laughs> Next thing, like, Kids Bop is doing featuring music by Gigi Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I asked one of my friends, uh, like, this because I just have to know. And so they said, like, Wet Wet Cutie. And that that, that seems like it could possibly be worse. Yeah, that's all. It, there's no way to twist that song. I mean, I'll, first off, people would probably like, like, how dare you compare Gigi Allen to Cardi B? But I just meant like, lyric, like the type of you. type of shit they kind of, you know, like what he has a song about, like masturbate in front of children. They don't care. And then you have like, <laughs> you have like the the WAP song coming out. Like, all right, well. right. Like, I guess it, like. The closest thing that I could think of is like TikTok song is like really popular uh, of like parents like doing the WAP song, but they clean it up and they say like the kids have to do their chores. So they say that there's some chores in this house. There's some chores in this house. And they just repeat that over and over. I've never actually heard the song. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm, I'm very familiar with it. Well, Cardi B's got a wet ass pussy. That's basically I'm the song. I'm not surprised. You, uh, if anyone wants to hear, like, see, like, the greatest parody of, they don't actually play the song or anything, but, uh, Meat Canyon, who is a, uh, really demented animator on YouTube, he, uh, did a Magic School Bus rendition where I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't really, <laughs> the kids go on a field trip. We'll just put it at that, okay? Oh my God. <laughs> But it gets worse uh, as it goes on. So yeah, Magic School cool. Bus, that song, Field Trip. All right. Okay. Yeah. Just, just YouTube that when you're done listening to this podcast. Meet Canyon, <laughs> Magic School Bus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think you already painted the word picture there, Ryan. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, anything? Do you guys have a, have anything else to share besides my uh, kids' bop? What <laughs> 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 Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you go from here? How do I follow that up? Yeah. Anyway, Batman. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Are they literally talking about making a PG version of that song or something? Or is that just something that popped in your head? No, it's just something that came to my head. It's because I was think for some reason, I was wondering if Kids Bop was still a thing. Because Kids Bop was everywhere, like in the 90s, where it's just like, now that's, it's like, it's kind of like that. Obviously, yeah, that's the what I call of, music. That's yeah. Yeah. So I'm just kind of I was thinking of all the music, all the songs that came out this year, and all of them could definitely be parodied into kids versions. But I, that one, I was just like, I was just stumped on like, don't ask me why I was thinking about this today. But I don't know. It was just where my mind went. So <laughs> this isn't really like a level of like quality, like these these songs need to be heard. But I would love to hear the kid kids bop of Cardi B. Takashi six nine stitches insane clown posse just just see what they do you know right I love it by Kanye West and Little Pump <laughs> oh my gosh That's I thought that was a thing like someone did like a Minecraft version of it oh yeah probably I mean it was the, like an... the internet is a 
is a rainbow of of things. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you're you're thinking of a word and you're just like a I couldn't thing. find it. I couldn't find it. I, <laughs> a I, rainbow I, of debauchery. That's how I usually speak. Right. But yeah, so Batman. <laughs> so Tom Hardy's uh performance as Bane is is critically underrated. But yeah, uh we're talking about the Dark Knight Rises as part of our series. I guess we're just going to I guess we'll just jump right into it, right? We go from Lap Man to Batman. <laughs> Batman's wet ass pussy. <laughs> I'm 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 glad I'm a few beers in. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I got a couple more to go. But yeah, I don't know. Dark Knight Rises, Cameron, what do you think? Of this? What did I think? Such a loaded question. You know, I guess I was a little critical of it when it comes to some of the settings, but I really, I really enjoy the visuals. You know, like some of the shots, like when when Bane was fighting uh, uh, Batman in the in the sewers. And like Batman's getting defeated and he's like worrying himself out. And then he just is like in covered in water and he lets out this big ah, right before he like goes back at Bane. I really love that shot. And I think that I think this movie is full of them. Despite some of my I wouldn't say issues because I still like the movie a lot. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it because the cast is just like I love Tom Hardy, even if he's got a mask over his face. And you couldn't hardly hear him speak for most of the movie I, I love i love seeing his presence i think the thing about tom hardy in this film is like it's, i honestly forgot not like this movie existed but i kind of forgot like what happened in it so when bane first spoke i was like is this christopher nolan just responding to everyone saying the batman voice is hard to hear <laughs> we had to and make he's it. just like you had to make another thing <laughs> Tom yeah. Hardy just like here, hold my beer, right, <laughs> right, hold my beer. Yeah, and I I think when I first saw this film, I thought the Bane voice was actually kind of dumb and just really silly. But rewatching it again, I actually kind of like it. First, like I thought it was like comedic and just silly, but I actually kind of because Bane is like this huge, like scary, like muscle, like thing. And to have like this voice come out of like some something like that, it's like this, it's like this sense of uh, duality that I think worked really yeah. well for like his character. And I, I don't know, I think it was kind of an interesting choice. That's what I got from like like Tom Hardy and Bane. I have many other issues with, with this film. I think, I, I think Bane's character but, really is like a reflection. Not so. I mean, kind of to Batman. You know, he's kind of like Batman's equal. Mm -hmm. they both have a similar moral construct and a similar what what would you say origin you know like i love the images of bruce getting stuck in the well and having his father come save him and sort of the image of bane being stuck in the prison which is like a bigger well and raz al ghul and talia coming to save him you know so they're both really attached and and they're shaped by their saviors. As someone that isn't very familiar with the comic books, I didn't really have a idea of how Bane could be portrayed. The only thing I know about Bane before this movie was, I think, the Injustice games. He was like my favorite character to use, so I was really excited to see him 
portrayed in the movie, but I didn't really I didn't really have any expectations. Um, I know, Ryan, you you're more have a little more uh, experience with the comics. What do you what do you think of, of Bane's portrayal? It's different. You can you even before you watch the movie and you see like a thumbnail, you immediately know who it is. But they still definitely took a lot of liberties with them. The thing is, like personality wise, like uh, they got him down pretty well, you know, because the thing is, people like there's he was in very small part, but he was in Batman and Robin and he was just Poison Ivy's thug. But the thing about that is they didn't get his personality down at all. He was just a mindless thug. And the thing is, no, the, the whole he's basically a neutral libre with like, right. The, with like insane, like he's way smarter than you expect him to be. That's the whole thing. You see this guy and he usually kind of has a little bit of neutral libre kind of look to him, which is kind of more of like coincidental, but it just because he's actually comes from like um, some South American country that's made up and he, you know, lives in that prison he escapes that prison and you know decides he wants to you know just prove like make his mark in the world like who's someone worthy of my skills oh this bat thing in gotham let me do that and and so that's all pretty accurate to him like the voice that all like that didn't that doesn't ruin it for me but it, it definitely stands out like all right that was a choice that was a decision but it's not really a horrible one i i think he should have been more south american did he have a League of Shadows background like the movie portrays? Not really. It makes sense why he would. There's times where he's gone to the League of Shadows and worked with them. And I think for a minute, I think he joined them a few times for a minute or whatever. But I mean, it makes sense in the context of the movie that he yeah. would have the same kind of training. Yeah. So it's more or less more for the cinematic experience, not not like a, a reference or, or fan service. Exactly. I mean, he's he's worked with them at some point. He's I think he went up against Ray Al Ghul himself to prove a point, but I don't remember what happened there. You, you so. think if if Bruce Wayne wasn't so it didn't have so much of a, a conscious, maybe do you think Bruce could have turned out a similar way as Bane in the in the cinematic world of this trilogy? In the cinematic world, if he didn't have more of a conscience, like like you know, because Batman. Le- or Bruce Wayne, he wasn't Batman yet, left the League of Shadows and, and sort of had the conflict with him because he didn't want to, like, essentially, uh, for lack of a better term, I, or saying, he didn't want to become the criminal like them, right? He didn't want to kill them because it would, wouldn't make them any better, right? Yeah, and, it's like Bane works as a good contrast of what he could have been right. if he kept going down that path. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, they always try to, especially recently, they've been trying to focus a lot more on the duality of like what he has in common with his villains and whatnot. And Bane, and they just got done with a big story arc like a year ago with that. So I do. I do like Marley uh, just inspired me with something he said earlier with the mask and, and everything. It is a cool contrast seeing his mask, just seeing his mask to Batman's mask. I don't know if, if, you know, we can make something out of it that is more than what it is, but it's just cool to me how their their masks contrast each other well even like the way his mask looks if you compare the way it's kind of drawn because like you know it has like that big oh it looks like he has like a dead spider on his mouth mm-hmm. and then he has this opening of where his eye where, the, where it kind of shows part of his face his eyes like the mask usually would be like most of the time that's that part's all white and where his actual eyes are on his face those are like little red like right like right holes to look through little red like um lenses more or less did you guys play injustice i did yeah i have the first one wasn't he badass in that game 
he's good. He's good. The only the only thing about the movie is it's like instead of having like some kind of steroid go to him constantly, it's just like a painkiller. That's all it is. And which sounds more Christopher Nolan-ish anyway. I think this Bane actually kind of is more resembles like a Batman Arkham Asylum because I feel I think that these games kind of came out right around that same time as, as Dark Knight Rises. So I'm not saying Christopher Nolan pulled from like those games, but he definitely had something to look at. I know he grounds most of his movies and doesn't really be faithful to the comics like all that much, but I can definitely pull similarities from like from uh, the Bane from Arkham Asylum. I'm not I'm not sure if he was in Arkham City and all the other ones, but I know he was in Asylum for sure. So I like the back break. I like how he put him over his head like a deadlift and just dropped him on his knee. Did his classic right. back breaking thing. Cameron, I like what you said. I think like kind of goes unnoticed, especially in like all of these other films, is that fight choreography is so well done. Uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned it on the on Batman Begins or even the Dark Knight, but this one it's like whoever like choreographs like any of these fights like pretty good uh, hopefully they won like an award for pretty convincing you know yeah. it's not like it's not like uh i've been watching the clone war series and and it's really cool seeing like an animated character do like an incredible amount of flips and all that sort of shit and, and junk and you're, you just know you, to yourself that this can't really be pulled off in a live action movie and, and i appreciate how these movies don't really exaggerate the choreography and he broke his back dude right <laughs> that's crazy i think you mentioned uh on the last episode that we've just been gushing about christopher nolan throughout this entire series but i think this is like this this kind of starts like the downward trend at least for me because i have a whole bunch of like issues with this film like i said one of the main issues i feel like this movie is just kind of packed a little bit too full like it's three hours long and dark knight was close to three hours but it didn't feel like close to three hours at all it just kept moving along i felt like this film just kind of like there were so many points where it just kind of dragged and i'm just like why do we need to know about this it's like it, it was almost like he was establishing stuff again instead of like at, at the end of a trilogy he's he should be closing it out but he's mm. he's establishing more to these characters' arcs. D did you get any of that? You guys? I, I think I did. What about you, Ryan? <laughs> I think um, I still like this movie. It's definitely, this one, unfortunately, does keep it from being a perfect trilogy because I have no real problems with Batman Begins or Dark Knight. But this one, even if you take out the context of like, oh, well, they changed this in the comics, changed that. Even if you take that out, there's that double rise which just feels very awkward in the movie, which is, I get it. They're trying to pull from Dark Knight Returns, which is a story about Batman coming out of retirement. And it's the most famous stories. So I get why they're trying to pull from that. But the thing is, he comes out of that. He comes out of like, okay, he has this weird little period where he's getting back into the game. And then as soon as he's back into the game, he gets his back broken. And that's Bane's whole big story. He's the guy to first defeat Batman. And then he has to get back into the game again. and then beat him so there's kind of like that that whole pacing just feels awkward i mean and not that there's not entertaining things in there but just the pacing of that just feels weird like it's almost like he should have never quit crime he should have been doing this the whole time kind of thing you know what i mean mm. well it's like one of those 
it's just one of those interesting arcs that I think a lot of filmmakers like to like to play with. It's like the whole rise, fall, and rise again. Like the the phoenix, rise of the phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like if you look at the poster for this film, like I, I believe like Nolan actually changed like uh, like the the bat is on like on fire, so it's like yeah. he's he's rising again. So it's, it's like definitely like a phoenix. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think that I thought that was actually kind of an interesting touch for Nolan. Added to the poster, at least. Uh, I thought some of the, like, monologues, some of the, I I hesitate to call them side characters, but to me in this movie, everybody but Batman is pretty much a side character. I feel like everything is like a vacuum to his development and his arc or what would be it. And, like, even at the beginning of the movie, it like, when uh, Gordon was... uh, and here I'm going to speak about the truth of Harvey Dent and he brings out his three. It's giving us exposition, but I feel like that exposition is forced and he's, he's about to tell us and he's like, well, we'll save that for another time. If I were in that crowd, I'd be like, wait, you totally just baited us. How, how are you going to, you're not going to get away with saying I'm, oh, we'll keep that for another time. <laughs> kind of, it kind of felt forced. It kind of felt like it didn't belong. Uh, like he just, he needed to put that there to, create exposition for what Bane does with the truth of Harvey Dent. And I feel like you feel some of the same things with uh, Officer Blake or Robin um, when he meets Bruce and he comes to his house, asks him about uh, the funding of the children's home and and how he just knows he's Batman and all that. It felt like a shot in the dark, not a shot in the dark, but it just came out of nowhere. And I wasn't entirely convinced by those parts of the movie did you guys get that that whole part right there um once again this is they're trying to kind of like because the whole uh officer blake he's basically a fusion of three different robins mm-hmm. and uh they took qualities of this robin to qualities of that robin and just mixed them together and took away the costume because at one point um dick grayson the original robin quit being robin to be a cop for a moment so mm-hmm. Jason Todd's dad died in gambling and it, and it was killed over gambling money and other stuff. And Tim Drake was the guy was the first Robin to figure out he's Batman. And sadly enough, it was almost kind of equally as dumb as it is in this movie. Like I saw you one day and saw you were sad, just like me. So I knew you were the Batman, you know? So it's just, yeah, really? Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. Like, okay. Cool. And you know, they're great, great performances by, by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I even think Anne Hathaway does a good job. But Anne Hathaway does a great job. The, dia- the, the dialogue, like like Ryan just said, and the, the, the things that the characters do, I think it, it can sort of take the actor's performance from under their feet, you know? I, I feel like Anne Hathaway, if she has a little bit more screen time, I think she almost steals the show. Like, I actually kind of want to see, like, we don't really see a lot of, like of Catwoman and I think like the one like movie that we we don't talk about right right Ryan we don't talk about that one Batman, Retur- Batman Returns uh, no. Halle Berry oh fuck I forgot yeah, yeah I totally <laughs> forgot about it. thank you no yeah. I was like Batman <laughs> Returns yeah. ain't perfect but it's not god awful like oh that thing I actually I actually <laughs> forgot about it yeah you're impressive yeah. you're like thanks Marley thanks for bringing it up so <laughs> I Rick and Morty mind wiped that thing yeah right uh <laughs> but I would like I would love to see like a television series of the Anne Hathaway character and just see because 
in in a way, I, I loved like there's a bunch of duality in, in this film. I see total similarities between Catwoman and Batman, but um, Catwoman obviously came from like a different side of like Bruce Wayne is obviously like the privileged like billionaire lifestyle, and then like and everything's not like I guess everything was handed to him, but he obviously earned everything. But like Catwoman, obviously like she had to work her way up and just she understands like like the streets and and stuff like that but what what do you guys think of of her character i love her character it's really cool to me how it sort of like she chooses to do well i mean she's not a vigilante but her and batman both sort of have the desire to make something better from their trauma perhaps mm-hmm. you know and one is more selfish and one is more unselfish, you know, but, uh, yeah, no, that, that's, that's all I had to say. I think that she did a good job. She had a good, um, balance of the, um, cause you know, when she first came on the scene, she was just a villain. And as time went on, they made her kind of like, uh, them. Well, she was always kind of a femme fatale too, but they kind of made, as time went on, uh-uh. they made her um, out. Yep. Uh-uh. like, I think something about this movie is I've heard a criticism and I think it's actually somewhat true. Some Jeopardy um, music. But it's um, okay. I played the Curb Your Enthusiasm music when you cut out. So um, uh, you, you lived your dream now. So, okay. Yay. Cool. Nice. <laughs> so um, anyway, they do a good job. I think of bouncing out her, you know, her shitty side as well as her, like, you know, not like your selfish side with her, you know, like, all right, I'll do what's right. Cause you know, eventually when pushed into a corner, Catwoman will do what's, it right in the long run there's an example i was gonna make with something about this uh shit but oh yeah yeah uh the movie i heard a complaint the movie is too um humorless and you think back on dark knight and even though it's even though it's mostly like Heath ledger killing people or so one way or the other that's how the movie finds a way to be humorous because Heath ledger is sinister as he is he's still kind of funny yeah where this one I think the little bit of humor you do get sometimes comes from Catwoman. Like there's the part where they have that big shootout and she's at that dingy ass dive bar and she, the cops go by. She's like, ah, she's being all hysterical. As soon as they go by, she's like, eh, and I'm good to go. Or when they're on the rooftop and they're in, and Catwoman and Batman are speaking and then she, she leaves him as he's distracted. She's like, Oh, that's Whoa. how that feels. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was probably the funniest part. That mm. or when she steals his Ferrari and he just has to call mm. Alfred. Like, Alfred, someone took my car. And my wife. Right. It's interesting you you brought that up about like the Dark Knight is like I was actually kind of thinking because all the criticism like that I've read about this about this film, it always it people always compare it to like like the Dark Knight. Like if you think this film if this film came out or if they did Bane before they did Joker, like would you like this film better or would it? I think I don't know. I think as Dark Knight and Batman Begins have so much to live up to. Or this has so much to live up to up mm-hmm. those two movies. And it also seems kind of weird because I'm just, this is gonna be more of a comic book fan thing here, but Batman Begins feels like even though it's a little bit more grounded, it feels like wow, you got a lot of stuff from the comics in there. And then you get to Dark Knight. It's like, all right, you don't have as many things, but the things you do, you do really well. And this movie you kind of forget you're watching a Batman movie for a minute because for a while, no one's in costume. We're dealing with new Mm. characters who are just here just for this movie for a good portion of it. And Bruce Wayne for a while is trying to get out of a hole. And that whole, you know, that whole scene, I get, 
I understand him getting there. I just think it's really the double rise thing, which makes it feel weird. I, you know, Heath Ledger was originally contracted for two movies, so he probably would have found his way Damn. in here somehow. I think about that when, Dang, I I was... one. when they were releasing the prisoners and you see Scarecrow, you know what? I wonder what they would have done with Joker's character. Maybe, maybe that was supposed to be Joker instead of Scarecrow. I honestly think there's no way you give him just like a minor role in the next one. I honestly think it probably would have been something like he and Bane are working together or he and Batman temporarily work together to bring down Bane. Then they settle their their thing once and for all. I, I could see it being something kind of like that. Well, I can kind of see Joker just kind of using Bane, too, because especially not so much in this film, like he Bane is a little bit. Or he tries to and then Bane yeah. kills him when he figures out. Like yeah, choke yeah. In the in Arkham Asylum, like Joker, like uses Bane, like kind of like a dog, just because he's just like he's just a brute, a brute with muscles, and just like like I'm not sure if that could totally work in like this film, just because like the way Bane's writ- written, he's a little bit more, he's more of an intellectual, or just the way the, the way he talks to is intellectual, but he's like an intellectual. Uh, to get that venom in him. That's when he gets all crazy and rabid. Yeah, I Dark don't know. Venom wasn't uh, an element in the film at all. Yeah, just so, painkiller, yeah. basically. Yeah, is I all could see was, that. Anything. I could yeah. see those point of views. Yeah, I don't know. How about Misha Tate? I mean, no, not Misha Tate. Is it um, the girl I know who you're talking about? That um, was from Inception. I thought it was and, Marion Cotillard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot her, her, her. I forgot her character's name. Uh, it actually real name Talia. But her uh, fake name is um, was uh, something Tate, right? Something Miranda, Miranda, Miranda Tate. And definitely a big uh, nod to the fact that he uses a lot of the same actors. Tom Hardy, her Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Yep. All all coming from their Inception. first time with Michael him. With Inception. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Michael Caine is just in everything. Yeah, like <laughs> pretty much. He's been in the like he's been in the last three films that we discussed. Like he was in Prestige. He'll be Batman. the next one too. Yeah, he's in Interstellar. Yep, he is an Interstellar. He's uh, Anne Hathaway's dad. I don't remember Interstellar all that much, but does he cry as much as he does like uh, as he does in this film? No, but the one scene he cries, he cries pretty hard in. He was it felt like he was just whining in this film. He was just like always like just crying to Batman, just. But Cameron, did you get to the ball? Um, yeah, it kind of felt it did feel like his character was there for one thing, you know, to sort of make Batman or or give us a realization of what Batman's motives were. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I didn't not like it. You know, he's not really a big character, bigger character you want in the film. But yeah, you kind of really only seem to yeah. serve one thing. Yeah. And I feel like. I looked at when this movie came out and it came out roughly around Occupy Wall Street was kind of like a thing. And like one of the I would, I'm not sure if you would call this a theme, but or just maybe it was based on it. But there's definitely a like a huge one percent, ninety nine percent like like theme of just like, yeah, uh, division always on top and really then, polarization between the classes. Yeah, like classism is definitely like a, a major theme, which I find a little bit weird just because it, they kind of they kind of put Bruce Wayne in the 99 percent bracket and like that the corporations and everyone like 
within his company or we're all out to get him, but he's a billionaire. It's kind of a weird like steer like the like that narrative of just like, oh, I understand like Bruce Wayne is looking out for the everyman, but he's still a billionaire. I don't think it, it would fall he he falls within the ninety nine percent, but like what do you think? Uh, I that I love the heist scene sort of at Wall Street or when they're in um they're in the trade center, you know, and you definitely you see the guy getting his shoes polished. He just like throws the dollar, tosses it down to him like he's nothing. And that dude ends up, you know, holding him hostage, essentially, and um, succeeding in a uh, in a robbery was what they think. And then it directly transitions into them chasing Batman, who started chasing the robbers, and they let the robbers go because they care more about Batman. They don't trust him more. And then that's another one of the things that, one of my favorite parts in the movie, I think, was after that when they have pretty much, you know, everybody and their brother uh, chasing Batman. And then he catches uh, the driver with the the tablet that is transferring whatever the stock exchange things. And he just mm -hmm. looks up and he sees like all the fucking cops looking at him. I think after that moment, he's like, I don't really trust Gotham's order. Mm -hmm. Going on the 99 plus uh, the, in the one percent thing. I honestly think like I'm not sure if they're trying to say like Bruce Wayne is now a 99 percenter. I didn't know if they tried that, but I think they did try to do this thing of like there's bad people on both sides, you know, because you have people like I forget the actor. I forget the character's name, but uh, I usually know his name. He's like he plays a bad guy like in every movie he's in, unless he's in like an indie art or indie independent film of some kind. The dude from the 007 movie. Maybe. I'm not sure if he's in 007. The dude from um, both are. Kingsman. They're probably guy, both are. There's two John of them. Strong. I know or, he's. Uh, I know you talk. Strong. About. No, he's M Michael Madsen or something. He's yeah. the guy who's like who is uh, basically paying Bane. He was like the guy who more or less hired Bane to do all that shit to help. Oh, him oh, um, uh, Ready Player One. He's in. He plays he like the Star Wars. He was Rogue in the one. Star Wars. Um, he was in Rogue uh, One. Yeah, Rogue he was, One. He was the he was the heroin addict. Uh, killing him softly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know who you're talking about. It's going to kill. It's going to like what? My, my, my Mad Mickelson or something like that. Or that's what it's No, it's, it's, it's not Mickelson. It's uh, Mendelson. Mendelson. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brian Mendelson. I forget his first name, but I just know it. Ben, Mem ben Mendelson, I think. Ben Mendelson. Yeah. He, because he, he right there, he's like, you know, obviously the shitty one percenter type guy, but then you got people from the League of Shadows coming in. And pretending like we're with you, the people, but they actually have so it's you know false flags type of thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost it's almost like the film was. It's a little. It was almost a little unsettling watching this film like today, just because I I could pull so many like similarities to like. Would you would you kind of see like Bane as kind of like a Trump in a way where he's just kind of like rattling the masses? Uh, no, because like, Bane has side? discipline. Like, I don't know, like in a way, like choking the fire. I get what you mean in, in yeah, that yeah. way. Yeah, mm -hmm. Bane's yeah. way smarter than Trump, though. So yeah, uh, true. Just... I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Trump was smart. It's just I, I, I just seen, I seen like a, this meme of like of Trump with the, the Bane mask on, and I was just like constantly like, don't offend my man Bane like that. <laughs> I was just, I was just constantly like, just when I was watching this film. When I just glanced at the meme, I was like, oh, my God, I see the similarities here. There is something like I'll say, like, 
even though I like this movie, I don't love it. I like this one. But there is that whole scene where Bane comes up and he, you know, is like, they take, they already took over the city. And he's like, news crews, follow me. This is Blackgate. And here I have a letter from Jim Gordon, which it just happens to be true. He's like, how do we know you're not fucking lying? Look at me. I'm in a mask in front of an armored vehicle. Why would I be lying to you? You know, like, it's one of those things where it's just like, I know you wanted to get that out there some way, but I'm I'm surprised the lack of people not questioning, like, how do we know the guy who just took over the city isn't boldly just lying to us? I'm sure it it convinced the prisoners regardless. Uh, I I can, I could, that's the only part of that, how you, after you explain it that way, um, the only people I think would have really actually. Well, Joseph Gordon-Lovett, it's like, your hands look pretty dirty from here, sir. Oh yeah. Yeah, he didn't even. Well, I mean, Gordon did uh, own up to it. Mm-hmm. He was with Gordon, but that's the saying. one thing I love about Blake, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, is that I like that his character is just like the good cop. Like I don't really see this guy like kind of having like a, like a bad bone in his body, and I feel like this movie kind of needed that as almost like I can see like Nolan just kind of like balancing like this film like solely on Blake just because of of how good he was just because everyone like in the in this film in a way is kind of flawed except for like Blake like in my opinion just because of uh, uh like he he's just like a cop just trying to like he's seen it all he's just he's just wanting to do the right thing for Gotham so i don't know like did, did you guys get that so yeah no i did everyone's an idealist in this movie yeah I don't. I I think the the weird thing that I got from this is like the whole dent act that they brought up, which they're trying to like bring up like like there's a bunch of like current events in this film that I felt like it was just a little bit out of place. I, I like I understand like grounding like the film, it felt so out of place. It's like bringing politics into like my comic book film. Like I know I, Ryan. I know I sound like your friend like in San Francisco that. Don't need to say but, names, dude. I won't, I won't say his name, but you know what I mean. It's just like... To be fair, politics do pop up in comics every so often. I mean, Dark Knight Returns, which this definitely inspired, or uh, was this uh, definitely inspired this. I mean, mm-hmm. you got President Reagan telling, like, Superman, like, hey, we don't want no superhero vigilantes now, so why don't you go to Gotham City and put that bat boy in his place? You know, so politics in comics is nothing new, but I mean... I think Occupy thing just happens to be coincidental, but I think mm-hmm. there were rumblings of like class inequality probably happening around that time in the movie was being made. I know it's just like, it's probably a coincidence with like the whole Occupy thing, just because Gotham, it's kind of hard not to do the 99% 1% with Gotham, just because that, that city is so freaking divided. Like we're, I love how we're like crying, like, uh how america's divided but like would you want to be in gotham right now where it's just like it you you got the freaking drug lords or you're either you're either a drug lord or you're just uh just like a normal person i don't know yeah i mean if you're in the cinema world everything is just depending on how batman's doing yeah exactly. he's good and happy uh, I'm i'm probably sure that we would be dude but he is okay he's never <laughs> until he retires yeah but um and he did yeah, and that, that's like, like what do, what do we think of the ending of this film? I remember seeing this in the in the in the cinema, and and I was actually kind of hoping Batman would die, and Christopher Nolan would just 
just know what? He would just drop the mic at the end of this trilogy and just be like, know what? Fuck you guys. I've killed Batman. And then he has to bring up like, oh, yeah, he's actually living his life again. So his his life is Bruce Wayne. I think the ending, I like the ending. All right. Um, It's a very Batman type of ending. And people I hear like people complaining, saying Batman wouldn't do it that way. Like, Yeah, that's true. But if you're trying to make a movie trilogy where it all has an eventual end, that ending makes sense. And I've heard people nitpick it apart to the degree of like, why isn't anybody asking what happened to Bat? Why Batman and Bruce Wayne disappeared at the same time? Well, the movie didn't really, we didn't really have time to cut to the news and say another news. Anybody seen Bruce Wayne around? You know, there is like, so I think that I kind of could easily overlook that aspect of it. But at the same time, I think that ending works for what it is. In real life, I think Batman's going to do it until he's in his grave, or at least until he's ar- commanding an army of bat people. But uh, I still think the ending works for what they do. Can you recall a moment where Batman actually dies in the comics or in cinema? I mean, they've, do- they've done things where he died and then he comes back to life, you know, like a month later, or where he went disappearing and people assumed he died and... But he never um, die, dies, like actually dies. I mean, you know, they have alternate universe stuff. They have alternate universe stuff where he dies. They have other stuff where he was he died, but then was brought back to life just like a little later. So how is he dying? Isn't that how they start like new, from my limited knowledge in like comics, isn't that how they start like new series? Like it if- usually happens if they're trying to like, they just started rebooting stuff very frequently within the last 10 years. Like for a while, everything was carrying the same continuity, but like, we can't expect people to look back to stuff that happened in the forties. So like around the eighties, they rebooted it all. This I'm just, just sticking to DC here. And they kept the same continuity from the eighties up until like 2010 or 2011, something like that. And then now if sales go down, they just reboot everything. Like some weird cosmic shit happens and everything starts over. So that's, that's so weird. Like, yeah. I, I like <laughs> It's like it's almost like the writers are just like, no, what? Just Batman just dies in a nu- uh, nuclear war, and just was, like, <laughs> and, he, and then he, he gets reborn from from the from the ashes, and he's Phoenix. He's just a Phoenix now. He's not. He's no longer a Batman. He's he's, he's Phoenix, Phoenix man. man. Yeah. Bird man. Yeah. Condor man. Condor. Condor. That's that's where that comes from. Well, you're just thinking about because the concept alone, I mean, we're, we've had years develop them. So like 80 years is plenty of time for like a goofy character named Batman to get dark. But you're thinking about like what how like, you know, you think about like if it was a different animal, like he's rabbit man. And we just jump in when we get to the 1980s, like what makes the rabbit man tick? And it's all like dark and gritty, you know, like it's easier to do with a bat or to do with other animals. Right. No, at the end of the series, I just kind of want to do, I, I want to do Condor Man. Condor Man. It's just, I know we've been hyping it up that Tenet would be the last movie of this of this series because Christopher Nolan, but just throw it for a loop and just be like, no, we're just going to review Condor Man. What is Condor Man? Is there a movie called Condor Man? You, you never heard of Condor Man? What is Condor Man? L- look it up right now. Look, right. Go to YouTube, look up Condor Man. It is... 1981. Wow. Yeah. Movie. Condor Man. Yeah, I'll look it up later. I might yeah, just look at right now. Telling the listeners to to look it up, but yeah, it's probably one of the worst superhero kind of uh, superhero like film. It from looks like, like they were trying to. And if I'm looking, I see the picture here. 
it looks like they were trying to get around some copyright shit with Birdman, with Hawkman, who is another DC character, or oh, even, sure. or, or sure even like, well, this would be before Watchmen, but shit, maybe Watchmen copied this guy with Night Owl. Who knows? Yeah, too but bad yeah. they didn't copyright Condorman, or the the creator that would be. We could get the edgy. Oh, it's a Disney movie, huh? Okay. We could get the edgy. We could get the edgy, like you know, like Disney reboot. Disney's been trying to like. Here's one they probably won't touch for a while. I bet. Yeah, probably not. I don't think this movie's coming to Disney Plus anytime soon. Where's the, where's the Condor Man level of Kingdom I, Hearts? I'm, I'm watching yeah. the trailer right now on on Disney.com. Oh, maybe maybe it is. Uh, Ryan, let's talk talk more about Batman. <laughs> I'm This film pulls heavily from, as I said, Dark Knight Returns, uh, No Man's Land, and uh, Nightfall. Yeah, are you guys both look, watching the trailer right now? You said Dark Knight Returns and No Man's Land. No Man's No Man. Land. No Man's Land. That's because that's the one where basically a big earthquake happens. And the whole arc, the whole structure of the city basically goes down. It gets quarantined off, and villains run the city for a while. Nightfall is a story that brings Bane in, and he's the one that breaks Batman's back. Yeah, that was into the comics. I never really had. I've never really read any comics. Really, I have a Thanos uh, thing in my room, but uh, it's really nice to hear that uh, they can do things that were possible or seen before. Mm-hmm. put it into their cinematic world mm-hmm. they simplify it but you know i mean it's not so much like the uh lack of comic references or anything like that that's in these this movie it's more of just i like it there's just like the pacing's weird it's very weird pacing to me i agree i looking back at dark knight i kind of thought that i know how we have the um pacing of it but i felt like the editing between the scenes were a little much for me and it felt a little bit smoother in this movie, but I mean, I agree when it comes to how the story moves. It's uh, I don't know. It's just it's oh, the, this movie is just overfluffed. Like they just yeah. they just wanted to add so much stuff in it, and I'm wondering because obviously I, I always see this in like third in a like the third movie in a trilogy. I, I'm wondering if DC or Warner Brothers kind of stuck their nose in there and said, hey, we got to we got to include this. And Christopher Nolan's not really like one of those. Like directors that is known for like studio meddling, like he doesn't like it at all. So in a way, like the, like this, this film has like Christopher Nolan, like all over it. But in, in other ways, it doesn't like the, there's like Dark Knight and Batman Begins, like it has like references to like the comics, like a little bit. But like this one, it just seems like there's there like, like it's just everywhere. It's almost like they had to hit like all the bullet points because they knew that this was the the last of a trilogy. So it's like Nolan was just kind of like checking them off. But and what uh, actually he, for sorry. a while he didn't want even want to do this one. He wanted just to because he's like I don't want to top Dark Knight. You know, <laughs> like he was like I don't want like this movie also had the misfortune of having like following up from what was probably one of the best cinematic villains we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then like, not that Tom Hardy does a bad job. He does a good job. It's just, but character wise, Bane is just not as interesting as Joker. Yeah. Even though I would kind of put him maybe in the same ballpark a little bit, like at least, at least for this film, Bane is obviously a little bit more serious than, than Joker. 
I, I, I could kind of see a little bit of a duality that they're trying to do with Bane and Joker. Uh, like, obviously, like, the Bane is just, like, the brawn of it all, and, like, he can, like, literally break Batman's back. And just, like, uh, that's another thing that this film, like, brings up that I th- thought was interesting. That Like, this is the first film that I can remember where Batman just kind of, he, he seems scared. And and just like and like he's getting beat up and just like hurt and like you don't really see that a lot in like superhero films where because usually like in superhero films like he jumps like off jumps from like a ten story building and like um and then with his fist to the ground and he has like no scratch on him like here it's like like you don't even know if like Batman's gonna make it out and uh, like I thought uh, I thought that was like a nice touch. Well, even going off of like the scene Cameron was talking about when um, Batman and Bane face off each other against the fir- for the first time, not like the, not the bike chase, but when they're actually in the underground facility where they're like tunneling and all that, mm-hmm. that whole scene, you see how desperate he gets to the point, like you mentioned Cameron, he's like, like he just like makes like an, like an angry animal, like war cry and just starts swinging. And he looks like a boxer, like in the ninth round, just barely standing. Mm-hmm. It, from the get-go he really looked like he he knew he was outmatched and overpowered mm-hmm. by could be by being with his like hands on his head and with his elbows he was kind of in like a block position while at the same time pivoting around like he was also trying to get a, like a volume shots and all bane would have to do was get a couple shots on him when bruce knew he was like i gotta give everything i got on this guy mm-hmm. at least he put up a fight Unlike uh, Nate Robinson, so Oof. I can sorry. see like sorry I had to go there, Cameron. <laughs> I I think uh, Nate was dumb, but uh, yeah. I mean I I don't know. Batman definitely Nate, has more gonna fight than Floyd Nate, Mayweather so. probably. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I was thinking because Catwoman leads him into that scene right there, and I was thinking like if they the way this movie ends, it implies that they're together. Which, if they ever have, like, a couple's argument, that's something Bruce can hold over her at any point. Like, hey, remember that time? Like, oh, I'm, I have tr- I have trust issues? Okay, remember the time you led me into an underground chamber, a gate closed behind me, and I faced up against the biggest motherfucker I've ever seen in my entire life? Yeah. Yeah, so give me the fucking remote. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing what we watch today. <laughs> I like that, pitch, that word picture you, you painted right there. Just she's just like the catwoman is just like good point. <laughs> yeah, fine. Watch Fargo. All right. <laughs> yeah. Has yeah. there has there ever been? Can you think of a trilogy and recall where an instance where the third movie is better than the second movie? I don't think I don't think I can. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can. I think in most cases, even the oh, first one is is better than most. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, that's not true for me. Granted, it's not stacked up against a whole lot here, but um, the Star Wars prequels, I think Revenge of the Sith is definitely yeah, the best okay. of, the, of the other uh, two. Yeah, yeah, I'm lo- 100%. I'm looking at my uh, wall of movies, Toy Story 3. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of well, it. Well, I guess because it's not really a trilogy anymore because there's four of them, but that one doesn't exist Later in my book. I like the four. Good shot. Yeah. Well, I've, yeah. been, I've been refreshed and enlightened. 
Yeah, but like that's a good point though. It's there's there's only a handful of like movies where the third one is actually cuz usually like the second film or even the first film like it's hard to live up. It's even um I will say it's a whole giant movie series, but I mean um if we just make it strictly Captain America, I think Civil War is definitely the best of the uh, Captain yeah. America movies. Mm-hmm. Um some I of think... my friends think Winter Soldier is better than Civil War. I it's think, a good movie. It's I think a really Civil good War is more entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Winter Soldier. I think Winter Soldier is a little bit more grounded than than Civil War. And I could kind of like pull. I could kind of just a little bit relate to it and just kind of okay, like, OK, this is this is plausible. But Civil War, it's like it kind of falls like that whole comic book. Well, it's it's more it's. The difference is like Marvel versus DC. It, it will not to Winter Soldier, but you know what I mean. It's just like Marvel is very um, fantastical and just kind of like out of this world. And DC is like grounded. And Winter Soldier kind of reminded me of a little bit of a DC film. So, Which is kind of weird because in the comics, like Marvel is more of kind of like our world reacting to superhero stuff where DC is kind of like, no, this is the norm. We live in a world with freaks and monsters. So in in movie wise, they've kind of swapped, really. Right. They swapped yeah. their roles. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is kind of cool. Can I say something about like uh, a thing that I'm surprised has not come up in conversation yet, but it's something that came up a lot when the movie first came out. And I kind of think I, this is one of the things that this movie is flawed, but this is something I'll totally defend on the movie. People always want to bring about like, how did Bruce Wayne get back to Gotham? Which I I think, I don't know where you guys stand, and hopefully this doesn't offend you. I think that is a very lame-ass question, because the thing with it is, we already saw in the first movie, he got all the way around the world with zero training. And it's not really hard to imagine him just getting out of prison going to like the nearest shipyard and sneaking aboard. I don't think we need like a, and this movie's already almost three hours long. We don't need like a two to five minute scene of him, like bartering with somebody to trade something, get onto a boat. He also like hiked up a mountain, like in the snow looking for like a single blue flower. flower, Yeah. So I think like he can navigate the entire globe. I agree. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I I actually I'm on your side here, Ryan, because I I think that's kind of a dumb question to ask too. I agree with that too. It being nearly a three hour movie, you're you know, they make a decent transition with him coming from the shadows um to Selena Kyle offering her the clean slate. Which is kind of uh I don't want to say lazy writing when it comes to the clean slate, but I wanna say lazy writing. Kind of a cop out in a way, yeah. Kind of. But uh, uh, yeah, that you shouldn't need to um, have to want the the answer because you already know Batman is a re- very resourceful person. I guarantee you, he get out of, you know, he can get anywhere. And this this isn't like me trying to go and rewrite a movie that came out like like eight years ago or whatever. But I honestly think like this movie would actually benefit if it was like not a trilogy, but like a quadrilogy, like the first movie. I mean, it doesn't you obviously have to change things around and add things to it. But I honestly think it would make more sense if this movie ended with him failing and losing to Bane and giving that more of like stakes and building up to something big for the next movie for him to have to rise up, you know? 
Mm. I just think like, and then kind of deal with oh man, Gotham's like a, like a I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that would have made. I think it would have paced better that way. But that's that's easy for me to say because I'm not the one footing the bill. So you know, going back to what you said earlier, Ryan, about how Christopher Nolan has like he stated that he wanted to stop at Dark Knight. Like this is Christopher Nolan's like first and only trilogy. Like he doesn't do franchises at all. Like he he doesn't. Well, I guess if would you count like the whole Batman v Superman kind of like the because he was a part of that, right? He was like a producer, but I think they just want to throw his name on it. In all honesty, there was yeah, that period, probably. like right when Man of Steel came out, because Batman's alive in this by the end of the movie. So I think they wanted to have that just in case, because they saw Marvel doing their MCU, and mm-hmm. I think that they had like maybe we can talk him and Christian Bale into coming back, maybe just maybe. So and there was even like a thing where. They put something out like right when Man of Steel came out, like this is in the same world as Dark Knight. Then like a few weeks later, no, it's not. Uh, we're making another one. Like, you know, so it, I, I honestly think they really weren't sure what they were doing for a while. They were just kind of mm-hmm. seeing what would stick, you know? Yeah. Like the point like I'm trying to make is that like Christopher Nolan hasn't like he doesn't do franchises. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like he's he's used to making a film and then closing the book on that film and then let it and just thinking on it and not really kind of going back and like touching on it like there's a difference between writing like a film like that and writing a film like something like the MCU or even like the dark the Batman trilogy like you got to close the book on like all three films instead of just one and i feel i'm not saying that Christopher Nolan struggled with closing the book on like Dark Knight Rises here, I like I definitely kind of felt like he was a little bit out of his element, just a little bit. Like I'm not like not saying it's a bad film at all, but that's just what I got got from it. I, I agree with that. Um, also, it's kind of weird that he doesn't want to do more sequels, and the reason I say that is because so many of his movies there is so much exposition. Think about how many movies have like just these long monologues of exposition, like both prestige inception interstellar. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to assume tenant though. And then like we make that one and done movie and that's it. And you think you would want to come back and expand on the, that idea or that concept without having to explain every little thing. So, but cause he really likes to world build. He, I think that's almost one of his favorite things about what he makes. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, the point, though, is to to end his movies with you sort of having more awe and question about the world that he builds. He does a pretty damn good job at that, you know. But like, pretty much all of his films end that way, right? The end was sort of like a a question, bone, and like, like a bone chilling image, sort of, you know. And uh, the point the point of it is not so much the answer; it's just how it it worked your way into your mind. You know, yeah, I think like like the problem that we have with like cinema today or even like the rise of like Netflix and like television like shows like people always want to know what's happening next. They want answers. They want answers. Sometimes like Cameron, you said it, you said it perfectly. Like sometimes it's good to just not know the answer and just kind of like speculate because that's like in my opinion, that's like how like that's how your imagination like, like grows a thought bubble, you know because he wants to ask you a question after the film is over 
he's 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 kind of like morally like putting something inside you like incepting it into you i love inception mm-hmm. um <laughs> and it, and it's it's kind of i don't know not everything needs to be so uh, such a deep question you know but clearly when he's making these films he is and maybe and and maybe that uh i, I didn't get that as much in dark knight rises you know no. I no, feel like it was all really. I mean, yeah, it, it it makes you ask questions, but it's different because he's adapting from a story that previously made. You know, mm-hmm. so a lot of it's going to be contributed to uh, more of the characters, and not so much the theme, really, because the characters are sort of. Well, I don't know. Does it? I mean, the theme drives it, but with with something like the Dark Knight. Where he's adapting from characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if he did have like a least favorite movie, it's probably it would be either like I could see it possibly being Dark Knight Rises, just because that's the one he almost didn't want to do originally, and he basically had to get like pressured into it or like talked into it until they were done dumping money onto his front lawn or something, you know. But um, Dark, Dark Knight Rises is his nine to five job. Yeah, he, he had a regular nine to five job like us. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, oh, I guess I'll fucking <laughs> do the fucking third Warner Brothers. Imagine if they waited <laughs> a couple more years, like like 2017 instead of 2012. Like holy shit, it's back! <laughs> right? Do like the whole Star Nine Wars years. treatment? Just wait 15 years. <laughs> wait do you think the hype would have died down though? Or do you think it would have been like an Avatar thing? Or well, I mean, I think it is like it could have been like an Avatar thing, but I don't think people really care as much. Yeah. Once it comes out, I think people will be interested. But right now, it's like, oh, the the blue people thing. I I don't think Avatar was like. I don't think it was even that great for like. Yeah, the buzz was was great, but like mainly it's just because of three D. But I like. Maybe I'd have to like time travel and go back and just see how people are reacting to it. But I don't remember like a lot of people like, oh, this is this is so amazing. Like the story is so good. Like the common thing that I heard about the story for Avatar, it's like it's Fern Gully. But everyone's like, oh, but it looks so cool. Like you got to see it in 3D. It's like that's that's kind of what I remember Avatar. And I don't see uh, overplayed. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I I think another thing about it is that was like not the last, but one of the last movies where people are really awed by visual effects. And I think by this point, we can see something that looks really good. Like, oh, that looks good. We're no longer wowed by it. So without that to back it up. Of uh, of, uh, the new 3D, the real D 3D, Marley. Yeah. For 350. Really? for three dollars and fifty cents extra, you can go to the three D Showtime. And you that started started from Avatar. Avatar <laughs> really, really made that into a common thing. I'm not gonna lie, I was like, I would, I would take this to glasses. Not that I plan on using them again. Like, give the glasses back. And you charge me extra for them. Fuck you. I'm keeping the glasses, what, even though I'm never was, using them again. Like, three D is basically even. like. Uh, what was the last like real D three D movie? I can't remember. Probably any Marvel movie, really. Yeah, That's like, 100% like, right, can you remember like a movie that was actually shot and designed for real D three D? Oh, like you mean shot with three D cameras and that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, I don't I'm really. Park or Jurassic World, one of them. I'm pretty sure Jurassic World was one of them. 
but uh, I didn't care to watch the second one. Yeah, I don't even Jurassic World's the second one, or uh, is it maybe. Fallen Kingdom the second one? I think. I think we World saw that one, Ryan. Didn't we, we saw? We saw that in the Mission District, and a hooker offered to suck my balls on the way there. Yeah. <laughs> you want to elaborate on that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, we were walking down. We just got done getting pupusas. It was in the Mission District in San Francisco. We were walking down, and a hooker stopped us, like, "Hey, where are you going? Like, uh, just gonna go see a movie. I'll suck you. I'll suck your balls. I'm good. Thank you. I'm just <laughs> yeah. Let's go watch dinosaurs now. <laughs> right." Come on, Marley. Let's go watch dinosaurs. <laughs> we don't need our balls. <laughs> we don't need our balls. Well, well if you're going to suck my balls, you got to suck his balls, too. Is, is, there wow. rate, is there a group rate discount for that? Yeah. A group rate discount. For 350 extra. Two for one special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> yeah, so Batman. Well, yeah. Batman. Great, great for <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. Uh, going on like visual effects like did anyone think like the visual effects for this film were just i thought they were a little bit half-baked like just because uh like the football scene like of, of the football game i felt like that like i don't think that held up maybe it looked good like in, in it's like, too quick for me it happened all too quick yeah it, like it maybe it looked good like seven eight years crazy. ago but not like in 2020 Does yeah it? yeah I don't remember it well enough. I was just kind of like, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the movie, I was a little disappointed just because I had all these things in my head of like what I thought the movie was going to be. And by that point, I was clearly saying it wasn't that movie. So for that minute, I was just like, okay, yeah, football car crashing. Okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. But then like once it got past that, I'm like, you know what? Let me just still give the rest of the movie a chance. And I still ended up liking it. But I don't remember that scene. I kind of, up until watching it, I actually totally forgot about the football scene. I, I think other special effects, like the, the bat jet and all that, like it blends in, looks fine when he does it. He, he almost tries to make it so you can't even tell it's visual effects most of the time. Right. It's he funny, tries to do as many things practical as he can. Funny to me how Gotham is set in like a New York setting, kind of looks like New York, but uh, the football team they use is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Right. And I don't like Pittsburgh. Well, they kind of use New York and Chicago, right? That's kind of combination of what Gotham is. Yeah, yeah. But threw um, a little Pittsburgh in there. Had to throw in Big Ben in their line. Right. Maybe Chris. This is just Christopher Nolan saying he's a diehard uh, Steelhead fan. He likes he he likes Big Ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He's he's a (laughs) he has a huge fantasy football league. Yeah. Yeah. No, you just walk into his house. He has like a fat head of Ben Roethlisberger on his wall. One of somebody who's actually a huge football fan that you wouldn't expect to be. Who? Harry Potter. Oh, really? Daniel. Yeah, I heard I heard him on a podcast one time and he was all he's a huge football fan. Apparently got really got into football when he was doing like some Broadway shows because from there on in, he became a huge fan of it. So, yeah. Interesting. Right on. It was like no football, football for him. like American football, right? Yeah. Or or football? No, American football. Like, yeah. All right. People like what they like. I like football. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to shame him for it or anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like, I was just surprised. You wouldn't think fuck, like you wouldn't think like Harry Potter. <laughs> like <in> football. <laughs> you, you just wouldn't think like 
Livioso or whatever, and then like Livioso or whatever they do. I thought you said Vanelli Oso. I'm like, is this like that's probably some ice cream? Like that's they do to turn something into vanilla ice cream. I'm guessing. I don't know. They always probably it is always something. It's like, something. No, he, he adds vanilla to like a to a cake recipe. Vanilla yeah. so <laughs> elevation so or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think like all like all three of us. It's like this film is just not like our favorites. Like, yep. like as I said, like before, I think this starts like I would have to watch Interstellar again, and that's next week, but. This kind of starts like the downward trend for Christopher Nolan for me. And obviously, I haven't seen Tenet yet, so I don't even know. But just this film, it it just starts like for his films just being like way too long and just not paced very well, and uh, and just just overstuffed in a way. But I'll have to rewatch Interstellar. Maybe I see it with a different mind. And uh, yeah. And then hopefully Tenet isn't isn't like that either. So, but, so grade uh, what what would we grade it? Did we grade the last one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Inception. It was like a plus, but um, I don't think it's like a bad film. I think there's still good performances all around. Like I'll like, I don't see myself going out like like rewatching it after we do this series. I think I'd give it like a like a solid B. Like it's not it's not like it's bad. Like I can't I can never rewatch this. But I also it was it was also like a chore to watch in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like it's workman like. I'll call it like uh if 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 workman like is a grade, I'll just I'll just say that. That's uh I feel like that's perfectly fair. So uh what what would you give it? I'd give it a B it's so I was thinking about it somewhere between a B and a B plus. I do I do like it a lot, but uh, uh, I mean, at least I enjoy watching it. It's entertaining to me. There's some things where I don't really attach to as much as I, you know, I did in his uh, some of definitely all of his previous movies. So somewhere between a B and a B plus. I probably land on just a B, just a solid B. I uh, don't love it, but I like this one. And it's it's also like uh, without even trying to compare it to Dark Knight or Batman Begins. It's just, you know, it's even though it has its flaws, there's some things that are just done very well. Like, I still think there's a lot of great moments in this movie, like some of the monologues and it are pretty entertaining as well as the fight scenes are great. Like, I think you could say what you will about like, I actually think this movie probably has better fight choreography than the first two movies. But uh, story wise and pacing is a little clunky. So, you know, plus plus a very visually interesting movie, too. So Mm -hmm. I'll piggyback on what you said, uh, like the best fight choreography in all three. I'll just say that, like, each film progressively got better. Like Batman, Batman Begins was was uh, like it was all right, but he was still trying to getting his feet wet and stuff like that. Dark Knight, it got a lot better than Batman, Batman Begins, and then obviously Dark Knight Rises. They just kind of blew their load on just fight choreography. It's just like it's just that they they just knocked it out of the park. So if if I can actually also piggyback off that, um, one of the reasons why the fight scenes look so weird in Batman Begins, whenever he's not in the suit, 
Oh, whenever he is in the suit, I mean. Because when he's doing the training, all that looks cool. But when he's in the suit, it's suddenly hard to kind of keep up with what's going on. It's apparently because the suit was so stiff, it was hard to move and actually make shit actually happen look cool. So they try to create this creative angle where it's just like, what if it's fast and kinetic and it just looks like you, you can't like you, you're just overwhelmed. It's almost kind of like from the perspective of like the uh, the bad guys, which I get what you're doing there, but still looks just kind of like, oh, there's an elbow for a second, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't they actually mention that like in the film? Like when he's talking to Lucius, like you would you be able. Would you like to be able to turn your head when you back out of the driveway? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like Batman Begins is is like going back to like that film. Like it it's so much funnier than the, uh, these other two. I, I I love like when he's talking to Lucius and and he like he, he like he he just got in that fight with that dog and Lucius is like, oh, what what kind of trouble are you getting into? And he was like, oh, it's just a dog, just a dog bit me. And, and Lucius is like, really? And he was like, it's a big dog. And it's just like he should, uses his hands to like to uh, just show that he it was he was threatened by it. So but so are we talking is this, this works against dog. We talking Rottweilers or Chihuahuas. Right. Uh, but yeah, Dark Knight Rises, not a bad film, not not a good film. It's just it's good. Just not a perfect movie. Right. But uh, Interstellar is next. Ryan, if you if you want to join us again for that for that discussion. Tough to check um, my schedule, but I'll try to be on if I can. I don't want to just be the guy who's only on. I'm only on whenever you guys talk about Batman, but like, <laughs> I'll try to be on for Interstellar. I'll, no, uh, that's how we're going to tether you in for our next series. We're going to do we're going to do all comic book movies. All comic movies. So I'm all on for every show. Movies. Right. Uh, Starting with Catwoman. <laughs> I... Yeah, no, starting with Condor Man. Condor Man. When that releases on Disney Plus, when that releases on Disney Plus, that's the first movie we'll review. And you could hold me to that. Fantastic (laughs) Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, all the classics. Right. Um, Yeah, I I can't think of any more bad ones. (laughs) X Men Origins, Wolverine. Yeah. We're going to binge watch Adam West's entire, entire old Batman. Oh, oh, like the '60s one, the television, like the '66 Batman, yeah. Adam West. I can't, no, I'll watch that. That that's that's not my Batman, but that series saved Batman. So mm-hmm. they got it because the rights were cheap, and they're about to cancel Batman. That show was popular, and that brought Batman back. Uh, but Ryan, I kind of pressure you a little bit too to be like, like whenever we talk about Batman, I'm just like, hey, Batman, you wanna you wanna be on a, a podcast <laughs> and talk about your favorite thing? <laughs> so you could kind of blame me for that a bit. no i'm glad to do it i'll 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 try to come on the other shows i just yeah my girl not 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 to throw her under the bus but she's like you're doing three different shows now because I, I have my other show too so now it's like how many fucking shows you do a weekend like well i don't know three or four depends on the weather you don't want to you don't want to make that sound you just want to be like yeah i do three shows i do three shows a week that <laughs> you gotta put some respect on, on my name yeah, Interstellar. Cameron, I think you, you like this film a little bit more than I do. I like it a lot. Right? So, you, yeah, so I, probably safe to say. I'll, I, like, I'm excited to revisit it just because hopefully i um, see it with a new with a new light. But uh, I, Honestly, I remember when this... really excited to uh, watch Dunkirk because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I, I actually, I've seen Dunkirk on... I've seen it once before, and I thoroughly enjoyed it mainly because it's 90 minutes so it's like the first 
Christopher Nolan film that's like super short besides following, but that doesn't count. So it felt longer than that for some reason. Not that that's a bad movie, it just felt longer. I'm pretty sure it's like 90 minutes or like maybe just under that'll two be refreshing because Interstellar is really long. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of my main critiques with that, just because it just I, I don't know. It, I, maybe I was just wasn't in the right headspace for for when seeing that and just I just wanted it to end, but. And that also came out around Gravity, right? Like Gravity came out I mean, like the same year. Later, maybe a year or so later. Yeah, I just remember liking Gravity so much more, and I know they're two different films, but it's just. But yeah, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Chastain. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap this up. No, <laughs> that was forced. But um, but yeah, uh, Ryan, uh, do you want to promote anything? that you're doing and stuff like that you said you're doing like three podcasts well i mean this is the third podcast but um yeah uh, i'm doing i got i got my uh new show i do i try i'm tr- trying to do it like every other week uh with my friend james octa rock talk and there's a show i've been doing for a while with my friend spencer uh old man orange podcast and i guess you can find me at uh, dunnigan ryan on twitter and grit five on instagram right spencer who's that oh you, you yep. yeah i don't know him you don't know him uh-huh People say he like, when he has long hair, he looks like Axl Rose. Yeah, no, he might actually. Spencer might actually look different because, like, he's been working out. So, like, has he gotten bigger since the last time I've seen him? It's like, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. He, he so, I might actually look at him and be like, "Who? It's Spencer? Spencer? Who?" <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, definitely check out Ryan's podcast. It's I listen. I listen to Old Man Orange every week. So. They do they do really good stuff there. So Cameron and I don't really want to promote anything except for just listen to the show because that's what yep. that's what we're all about. So catch us here. Weekly. Yeah. Uh rate and review us if you could you if you want to do anything, like that that'll help us uh help us out on iTunes and stuff like that. But other than that, I don't really have anything else. Uh no words of wisdom, Cameron. Uh, don't download Cyberpunk if you don't have Next Generation. That, oh, you didn't? Yeah. That's okay. it for me. <laughs> yeah. No. That's my opinion. Speaking of that game, before we end, like, like if you take out all the technical issues, like, is it still a good game? Oh, I, I, I believe, I believe it, it will be. I believe it. I believe it is. I think it'll be a lot better when they actually master it for the next gen or current gen, I guess you would say. But yeah, the gameplay and some of the mechanics look really fun to get into. I just didn't want to deal with it. The low frame rate and resolution bothered me. That's frustrating. Like usually frame uh, rate doesn't bother me for like games, but like how bad was the frame rate? Like It got bad. It gets bad. Like 10 frames per second. Yeah, around there. When you're in like a club and there's like a lot of go- things going on, even when you turn down the graphic settings. Yeah, it gets bad. Oh, so it's like Control, then. Have you played Control? No, I have not. Oh, that's on PS4. Never mind. But Control was kind of the same thing. Like, it's, like, super interesting concept. But, like, when a lot of stuff happened on the screen, it went... I'm dead serious. On my PS4, it just went down to, like, five frames per second. Like, they they were so ambitious with it. They just put so so much crap in it. But I hear the PS5 version is, like, is still really good. So, but yeah, words of wisdom is just don't buy cyberpunk, at least for at least right now. But I guess we're signing off. See you guys. See ya.
Bye. Bye.